Hello, and welcome to Funnelocity, the B2B sales and marketing podcast. Each episode, we take a look at one or more aspects, tools, strategies, or tactics from the B2B world in the company of a special guest and ask questions such as, does it work? And could it be done differently? I'm Enrico Brosio, president of Market One and your host. In this episode, we address one of the most commonly used and now indispensable sales and marketing tools of recent times, the good old webinar. To help me dissect this topic, I'm delighted to welcome Emma Wesley. Emma is Senior Marketing Demand Gen and Content Pro with over 15 years experience in the B2B tech industry, including a stint at Market One. She's worked with the likes of HP, Symantec, Barclaycard, as well as a number of tech startups in the UK and across Europe, helping them translate their business goals into achievable and scalable marketing and content strategies. Emma is also founder of Emerge, a content planning tool that helps teams get started with content strategy minutes. Most importantly, Emma has recently completed an epic challenge, having spent 30 days attending no less than 42 webinars. So I think it's safe to say she's qualified to speak on today's subject. Welcome, Emma. Hi, Enrico. Thanks for, thanks for having me and thanks for that intro. Excellent. Well, listen, before uh, I guess we, before we, we, we dig into why you, de- you dedicated so much of your time to webinars, I'd love to hear a bit more about Emerge and, and kind of what drove you to set up that, uh, that company. Sure. So um, Emerge is basically a content strategy solution. Um, the main part of it is a, um, a planning tool. It's an interactive uh, tool that you, uh, you can help plan your content strategy and work out two main things. So first of all, what sort of content types to do? And secondly, how to promote uh, that content. So it's a visual interactive tool. It's a drag and drop interface, which is obviously great at the moment for um, remote working because it helps with, uh, with sharing um, a bit like a, you know, an interactive online whiteboard would do. Um, and it really came about from, I've been working over the past few years with a lot of startups tech startups and a lot of them are unsure of where to start with their content strategy and unsure of you know how to get going with it um, so obviously in, in my consulting role and my my freelance work I do a lot of that but this tool is actually a, um, a product of um, helping visualize the all those aspects of a content strategy and so it really just helps companies get to grips with their content strategies get a, a strategy up and going in a few minutes and then get onto the more important stuff of actually executing and, and creating the content. Ah, oh, fantastic. It certainly sounds like uh, it's the perfect tool for these times when we are trying to engage much more online, digitally. We need, uh, we need more content. I, I know that we as an agency are doing it for ourselves uh, a lot more than we have in past days and certainly our clients. And uh, no, it sounds exciting. We'll have to uh, keep an eye on how that uh, how that evolves. Yeah, yeah. So I've got lots of ideas for it. So um, <laughs> yeah, where it goes next, we shall see. Well, best of luck on that. So, well, let's let's turn then to today's topic. Uh, and I guess my first question is really, it's about a curiosity, and I just I, I need to understand <laughs> what led you to spend thirty days attending webinars. Uh, I mean, most people. You know, we're worried more about, you know, stockpiling or binge watching the next thing, you know, and here you are diving deep into webinars, you know, yeah. how did that come about? 
so maybe it was my my form of madness for for 2020 <laughs> this is what this is what covid did to did to me um so i suppose yeah it was it was a direct result of of covid and and lockdown um obviously a lot more um events were going online and there was this explosion of of webinars just happening um we've now all become you know uh, great uh, users of the term zoom fatigue and um you know a lot of people are potentially getting tired of of online events um but earlier on in in lockdown i was obviously watching a few of these and you know saying oh you know that one looks great or that one looks really interesting i'll, I'll attend a few of these and so i i did i attended a few and you know, I, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been in marketing for over 15 years and I was thinking, well, these haven't really changed much in, you know, the, like the span of my career. I was watching them and thinking, hmm, this is a bit disappointing. So I, I thought, well, surely there must be companies out there that are doing them better or, or worse. <laughs> um, surely there must be best practices that we can all learn from because obviously there's going to be more and more companies doing them. So you know, what are the best practices we can follow? And so I was chatting with a, an ex-colleague and uh, we came up with this idea of, well, let's do a 30-day webinar challenge. Um, uh, that ex-colleague challenged me to do it. They didn't want anything to do with it. So they just said, you know, oh, you do it. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I, I thought, actually, yeah, this is a, this is a good idea. Um, and it, it went from there. But basically it was to try and find finds a little bit more inspiration and, and, yeah, uh, and innovation from it. That's great. And obviously it comes at a, at a, at a perfect time where, where companies are, you know, desperate to, you know, engage with, with their, with their customers, with their prospects uh, and making that shift. I mean, we've, we've sure read all in the press this, this, that the pandemic has really accelerated digital transformation. And in so many ways, it's really what we're talking about now. It's, it's about this pivot from, um, you know, physical events to to uh, online events, uh, webinars, summits, et cetera, et cetera. And we've certainly over the last few months have helped clients, you know, build, you know, dozens, if not hundreds <laughs> of these types of programs, digital programs as they make that pivot. So uh, I'm sure they're going to be listening uh, very keenly today on this podcast to really understand what are the, some of the best practices. Uh, but before we go, I guess, into the findings, could you share with us the format of, of the 30 day of this 30 day project that you took, you know, how, how did you approach it? What were you looking for? Um, and then we'll go into, you know, what, what, what you actually found. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, the prep was all around June. Um, and the idea was do one webinar a day. Um, because obviously I was doing my day job and thought, right, I don't want to give myself too many extra, extra things to do. Um, it ended up being 42 webinars. Um, I think, yeah, that was definitely the madness setting in, thinking, you know, I was seeing all these invites come in and going, oh, that looks interesting and that one looks good. And so got a bit, a bit carried away. Um, I knew that I was going to be publishing some sort of content off the back of it. So I, I decided, right, I'm going to focus on things that will be interesting for me, first of all, so that keep hold my interest but also for you know my network so I focused on topics like marketing data startups tech women in tech all those sorts of um, those sorts of topics um, and I started off you know researching things like uh, Eventbrite meetup 
um, Bright Talk, you know, going through those sorts of platforms to find ones that were, were interesting. Um, I also asked my network, I said, anybody got any interesting webinars coming up? Um, and then, yeah, I started to sort of put together the, the schedule. And as I say, it turned into more than one a day, um, 42 in total, and um, across all those sorts of different, different topics and things. And as I said before, the main thing I was looking for was, was really not just best practices, but also things that were being done differently. I was getting really bored with the format of, um, you know, going on and it was 30, 40 minute slides, then a Q&A, uh, very often disguised product pictures from vendors, those sorts of things. So I was looking for companies, people who were doing them differently, uh, doing innovative or novel things, using in novel tools as well, and yeah, trying to find different ways of doing it as opposed to the you know the standard right, right. old school format. And so, how did you when you so the, there's a lot that goes into I guess the production of webinars. So when you were kind of putting your analytical hat on. How did you break it down? What were the different components that you were trying to analyze of, of a webinar experience, if I can call it that? Yeah. So there was obviously the registration process. Um, what was that like? And how was that process promoted as well? So how was that actually finding out about, about the webinars? So then what was the build up? Um, once I'd registered, what was the what were the sort of um, the hooks that were getting me bought into it that were actually going to make me attend. Um, I'll be honest, there were ones that, that I registered for and then I thought, you know what, well, they haven't done a very good job of inspiring me. So oh dear. <laughs> I might not attend or I'll just listen back to the recording or something. Um, so that was all part of the, the learning process was saying, you know, what, um, what sort of build up was being done uh, well and, and not, not so well. Then there was obviously the webinar itself you know, who were the presenters, how did they present, what was the content, what sort of tools were they using through the, through the webinar. And I don't mean just the software, but also other, other tools that were being, being inter interjected. Um, and then the after the webinar experience, so what was the follow-up, how did they deal with the recording, um, was there anything different that was done with the recording, and how were they sort of and we talk about sort of sweating content or atomizing it how were they repurposing it I suppose afterwards um, and then obviously the follow-on from that uh, which I'll get into in, a, in uh, an, an example later on of um, what not to do I suppose with uh, how you follow up from <laughs> from these sorts of things uh, so yeah it was those sorts of buckets of you know build up actual webinar and then follow up as well. That's great. So breaking it down into registration, the pre-webinar kind of build up, the webinar itself, post-webinar, and then perhaps even longer term. So kind of those five stages almost. Um, well, so what did you find? And, and you know, did this experience live up to your expectations? Mm, I have to <laughs> say, I was quite disappointed. <laughs> Apart from, apart from a few companies or individuals that sort of did things a little bit differently, I, um, I think I came away generally very disappointed and thinking oh dear. We, we really need to do something about this, especially if this is to continue. 
um, we need to like shake this, shake this up because it was like stepping back in time a little bit. Um, there was, and you know, I've got, I've got to cut people some slack this year. You know, we've all, <laughs> we've all had difficult times. Um, so, but there was this default of, right, 30 to 40 minute slides, Q and A, um, you know, the build up was just your automated emails, um, here, you know, here's a reminder for tomorrow's webinar, that sort of thing. Uh, and then the follow up was, um, yeah, that was just the, you know, the, the standard sort of, oh, thanks for attending, here's the recording. So a lot of them did fall into that camp, um, unfortunately. Not, not very inspirational, I guess. So, no. well, let's get, let's get into the nitty gritty here. So if you maybe let's start with where things perhaps went wrong. Uh, if you can give us some examples, uh, you know, of what not to do when setting up or running a webinar. So I'd say that what not to do, it sort of fell into like three camps and sort of aligned to those like five buckets that we were talking about a minute ago. So first of all, the, the build up. Um, yeah, definitely just don't rely on those automated emails, the software tool emails. Um, they're the same as what everybody else does. So show a little bit of inspiration and, you know, do something differently with them. Um, then there was also the follow-up. Um, sorry, so before getting onto the follow-up, the actual content itself. So, you know, make sure you spend time on that content, get good presenters, think about who your audience is, don't disguise it as a product pitch, you know, don't like your title, don't sort of structure your title as how to do X, Y, Z. And then the webinar is basically just a product demo or a glorified bio of somebody. Um, and yeah, then the follow-up as well is, again, understanding your audience and sending them useful content, use, um, interesting resources after the webinar that they can use. Um, I've gone into a lot more detail on this on, um, on my blog, which is on emerge.io, so it's I-M-M-E-R-J.io. But, and I won't name and shame everybody uh, here, but I will call out two companies because they should know better <laughs> about this sort of stuff. Go on, let's hear it. <laughs> so um, Salesforce, you oh, would think, you would think. Yeah, the pros. Yeah, you would think they would do it, they would do it better. And to be fair, the actual webinar itself wasn't too bad. But as soon as I registered... Sorry, the content itself you're saying wasn't too yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, so the, right. the presentation, yeah. yeah. Um, but they're... they're, they're a whole experience around the webinar was um, one that I would not not you know put as a as a best practice. So as soon as I registered for the webinar, and it was a topical webinar, it was about um, you know something marketing related. So it wasn't a, wasn't to do with a product. Um, but as soon as I registered for it, I had an email like two minutes later from a salesperson in Salesforce saying. Oh, we noticed that you registered for this webinar. Would you like a demo of blah, blah, blah? Oh, dear. <laughs> and I thought, well, no, I, I don't really want a demo. I've registered for this topical webinar for ideas, and um, I'm not interested in the product. So I, I politely responded with that. Um, and two minutes later, I got another email back saying, well, that's fine, but actually we're coming up to the end of our quarter, and we've got some really good deals on this product. <laughs> I was not listening. No, no. Um, and that just completely, it completely turned, turned me off. I thought this is, 
um, knowing the sorts of things that go into these, the, you know, the back ends of these um, digital journeys, they obviously had their lead scoring set up completely incorrectly that, you know, registering for this webinar equaled X amount of <laughs> points and funneled through to a salesperson um, about a product. So that was not a great experience. Um, and then well, the other Sorry, okay. can I just, I've got a question there because obviously in this day and age, you know, sales reps are looking for any in, any way to engage with, um, with customers and prospects that are engaging with them. So I think your point resonates really well, which is, hey, this is a top, let's call it a top of funnel thought leadership type webinar. Uh, I, I, the customer, if you will, am not, you know, my, if I think of it from my, uh, where am I in my journey, I'm very much at the building awareness and research gathering, perhaps uh, researching and not necessarily um, kind of in this in evaluation stage, um, which is, which is, again, I guess that begs the question is, are there certain webinars where um, a, a well-placed call pre-webinar from a sales rep, I think would have been okay, you know, in your mind. And I guess you were saying if it was a demo type webinar, but are there other types of examples of where, what if it was a case study, right? Or is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that would be one of the, the sort of the learnings from this is really understand where in your funnel or your journey, you're, you're positioning this webinar. Because yeah, if it's top of funnel, then don't do your, your follow-up, which is, you know, a hard sales push. Um, equally, if it is designed for even for existing customers, then, yeah, a, a product demo might be better or, you know, showing co existing customers different features of an existing product um, or, to, yeah, sharing a, a case study, then that, you know, that is people that are more interested in um, that, you know, that stage, they're at that stage of their journey, they're more interested in um, potentially having a, a sales call. So that that's definitely one of the learnings is understand where in the journey you're pitching the webinar and make sure you've got the right people on the webinar if that's what your follow-up is going to be. Um, because, you know, this, this follow-up in particular was obviously not gauging correctly where I'd come from or yeah, what what interest I I had in the in the webinar at all, right? And where you were in that in that customer journey, yeah, yeah. So okay, so that's one example. I guess that could be Salesforce example. You mentioned a second one. Yeah. Um, so I suppose this is related quite similarly it's to the overall experience that that you go through. And so the other one that um, was a real, as I put in my in my blog, the the rotten tomato, rotten tomato, or rotten tomato. Um, <laughs> Is, you say tomato, I say tomato. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, was Bright Talk, unfortunately. Um, oh, okay. Now, not so much because of the actual webinars, because they, they're a platform for other vendors and companies to, you know, to, um, to promote their own webinars and use their software. But it was more the, um, the experience of signing up to one webinar then got me into this like mess of emails being sent to me about all of a sudden you're you're opted into everything yes yes exactly <laughs> and i think i spent the best part of you know every day for two or three weeks after that unsubscribing from different emails from bright talk and i couldn't find out how to unsubscribe from them all <laughs> 
couldn't work that out. I there's no preference, preference there was no center. preference center, right? <laughs> interesting, interesting. Um, and it, it was just, again, a bad experience. And then I was getting emails about ones that were just not, not of interest at all, not related. After um, relevance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, again, okay. not their actual webinar, but just that, is, you know, seeing the webinar as part of an overall experience, an overall digital, um, digital journey. Right. Well, then who, who got it right? What are some examples of, of uh, you know, either full experiences that really, you know, were great or are elements of, of the kind of webinar experience that you thought were handled really well? Mm. Well, one company really stood out um, in all of this, and um, that was Turtle. So, um, okay. I'm sure a lot of people listening will know T-U-R-T-L. Um, they're, a, you know, content a marketing uh, um, software company themselves and but the way they did their webinars was was very different um, it was they had broken it down they called it like a coffee chat series or something and they'd broken it down into 30 minute sessions each week on different topics and the content itself was great. It was very natural. Um, there were two two people presenting, and it was you know very sort of organic and um, and natural, albeit with the, you know quite a lot of prepared content as well. Their build up was great. Um, they inc- included little videos in the emails of um, the two people. Sort of you know there, there was one of them that was doing a, a remote high five um, <laughs> through screens. Um, they used a lot of great tools in the actual webinars. So these were well. the presenters that yes. would then be speaking so that you're getting snippets of who they are. And you're get, they're, yes. they're almost building up a personality, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that, that came through in a, in a few other webinars that did very good build up, for example, was actually including video content in the build up. So um, maybe a little snippet from one of the presenters to say, you know, oh, this is what we'll be talking about or here's what, here's what you can look forward to. Um, so that was a theme, actually, was the video, the video content. Um, and then the other thing that Turtle did really well and the other uh, companies did well was um, using polls or interactive things on the webinars themselves. So getting your audience engaged. Now, this is a, this is a tricky one because there were other ones that I attended where there were even things like breakout sessions. There was one I attended, which was quite funny, that as soon as they mentioned that there was a breakout session, loads of people then <laughs> left the, the webinar because they weren't prepared for it. Um, so I think you have to be careful with how interactive you make it. Um, you know, again... So was that, that's interesting because I'm about to join a summit next week uh, and I, I'm expecting that, that to happen. I'm, I'm hopeful that that will happen. But your, I guess your point, was this a webinar? Was it branded as a webinar or is this as a summit and, and kind of more of a, you know, larger type trade show, if you will? You know? mm. Yeah, it was, it was a webinar, but I think they hadn't really advertised it in the, in the build up to say this would happen. Right. Um, so I think so if expectations weren't, weren't well managed. Yeah. 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 So if you're expecting to just come on and watch content for you know, 30 or 40 minutes, and then you're surprised, we're going to put you in breakout right. sessions with everybody. And likely multitasking, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, you know, especially at the moment, if you're, you know, sat in your pajamas, or you haven't done your hair, and 
um, exactly. yeah, you're then sprung with, you're right, you've got to get on video and, and uh, network with people. So yeah, just again, set, set expectations and know, know your audience. Um, but that said, there are lots of things that you can do, inter, you know, fun stuff that doesn't always require um, networking or, or breakout sessions. One of the really funny things that I came across was, um, and this is in the blogs as well, uh, was a goat uh, goat bombing um, tool. So you uh, you would you know pay or log for uh, a goat to bomb your webinar at some stage uh, when you were when you were hosting it. Wow. Just a silly little thing <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with the actual you know the topics or anything. But it was that sort of thing. It just breaks it up, and especially for you know if we have all got this Zoom fatigue at the moment. Um, doing little things like that can, yeah, can absolutely. add a bit of knowledge. Stand out, absolutely, and get, and get people engaged. So again, I think it's, what I'm hearing is uh, those that did it well, uh, at least what you're calling out for Turtle, it's, it's relevant, they're engaging, uh, and, they're, and it's, they're setting expectations. Yeah, yeah. And I think it goes back to, you know, the most fundamental thing, in, not just in webinars, but all sort of marketing is know your audience. Um, know what sort of content they're interested in, um, how you want to address that, what well, you know, what challenges they're having that you can help with, and you know, work your content around that, and and work your your build up and your follow up around that as well. Okay. Any other uh, kind of best? Any other examples of of companies that did it well? Um. Yeah, I think other other ones that um, that did it well would have been uh, there was a marketing meetup, um, which is like a uh, a meetup sort of networking sort of thing. They had a couple of people on, um, uh, one from Content Cal, which is a um, social media calendaring software, oh, yeah. and I think it was an agency called Purple Goat. I think that was the other the other one. Um, and that, that was a, it was another great one. Again, the buildup was great because it was, um, it, you know, it was novel, the emails, the emails that they were sending beforehand were, were quite fun and, um, and different, you know, not just the, the automated ones. Um, and then the actual content itself was, was, um, was interesting. Uh, they, they sort of coupled, a a bit of sort of work stuff with some um, personal stories as well. That was nice. Um, and then again, the follow-up was uh, very engaging and, and fun. So Emma, earlier you mentioned that you received a call uh, where it kind of was, but it wasn't, it wasn't relevant. It was on, you know, they were trying to sell you uh, at a point of, at a time that just wasn't relevant to you. You were, you know, you were much further up you know, top of funnel, kind of just ideas gathering. Is there a, on the follow-up, a post-event follow-up, is there a place for a phone call? I guess is, I'd be interested to hear your, your, your thoughts on that. Mm. Um, I think this goes back to understanding where your webinar is in that journey. So if it is more top of funnel, then a phone call is probably not not the right thing to do unless it's some sort of phone call which is more um you know gathering research or understanding 
like did you find the webinar useful did you get out of it what you wanted to as long as it's that sort of you know research gathering or um uh you know again sort of very top of funnel aspect that said though i think a phone call straight after a, a webinar is or even a couple of touches after a webinar is a bit much because you know a phone call a lot of people will find could find quite intrusive um i think yeah if, if you're going to do that more human touch um keep it for your middle of funnel your or your bottom of funnel when the you know the customer is engaged or engaged with other areas of content so they're you know they're they're looking at other articles or um case studies or product content um definitely you know understand where it is that that you want to do that i think if it if it's webinars that are more top of funnel the follow-up and i find actually linkedin did quite um quite a good job with this um off the back of their webinar that i attended was just sending first of all the content that's relevant to the webinar that you've just attended and maybe like a tool so they sent um i think it was a couple of templates that you could use in um i think planning out like a linkedin marketing campaign or something so it was related to the webinar it was useful content that you could actually use after you'd attended the webinar um and it was you know it's sort of adding value to that relationship without being too pushy um, interesting yeah so yeah that was a that was a good example um there was another example of one that i did attend which was um it was related to chatbots and it was how do you turn your faq um content into chatbot material and uh they did a small demo of, of the actual product um on the webinar and that one you could sort of see afterwards that maybe is better fitted with a um uh with a human touch afterwards so if someone following because up it's product there, because yeah. it's product specific yeah exactly right. um but by so and large we, yeah sorry, go ahead. sorry I, I was just going to ask are there examples then and um at one point i do want to get your top tips uh and takeaways but I'm, I'm curious to hear a bit more about the post event post webinar follow-up or nurtures if i can call it um what are your thoughts there and kind of what works and what doesn't work um, post event? Um, so I, I think the easiest way to put this is like put yourself in the, in the position of the customer and think, what would you be happy with after, after attending a webinar? Um, if, if what you're doing feels too, too pushy for, for you, then don't do it. <laughs> um, yeah again it's it's understanding where in the journey your customer is and where your webinar is pitched and then doing the nurture or the follow-up based off of that um the best ones were ones that sort of did a couple of touches a couple of follow-ups afterwards as i say with useful content or tools or you know here's here's an article you might be interested in or here's a um another webinar that we do, we're doing that that's related and then it stopped you know it wasn't this constant you weren't sort of sort of funneled into like a 10 step follow up or something right. or um, into, into so perpetuity it, it, was, it was maybe just a one two three and then stopped. yeah yeah um because it's better 
that you as a customer you come away with a good a feeling of of that brand and of that if it is it is product related if you're going to keep hammering someone with you know constant emails after they've attended a webinar that's going to give them a bad impression of of your brand and so you you might think you're doing a good job in sort of doing the follow-up but you're you know you're you're really pestering them you're you're starting to spam them so um yeah keep i would keep it short relevant um useful and let them go away with that that good feeling and that good um impression of of your brand and your company exactly and then just connecting the dots from what you said earlier and of course if they if they are engaging with your website with other content all of a sudden that lead score goes up and then then absolutely maybe there it is time for a, a, a you know a well-placed and time call to to be made so what about we haven't spoken about the non-attendees i mean a lot of the, i don't know what the percentage is I, I presume half of the people that probably register for a webinar you know wouldn't want to attend what about what about that segment if you will how, how do you any thoughts about how to approach that those 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 uh, prospects mm. um so first of all to avoid that really maximize your build up so that you're you are driving attendance um a lot of a lot of webinars a lot of virtual events work best in in a live format um when you watch back a lot of the recordings you, you kind of lose the the effect of some of the um some of the polls or the interactivity that's happening so do do that that work beforehand to maximize and you know engage people with with video content or whatever and get them there on the day um for those that don't attend and i think yeah i think that the stats are about 50 percent um you know it's the same with with right. live events uh, you'll get about a 50 percent drop off um one one that one that i attended that did do something interesting was uh they didn't offer a recording and they the person that ran it basically followed up afterwards and said i'm sorry you couldn't attend um please note we're not doing a recording of this because xyz if you want if you missed it then we're going to rerun it again next week so that was quite an interesting hmm. sort of tactic yeah. that consciously deciding we're not doing a recording of this, um, but we're going to rerun the the event itself. That, you know, I can see the pros and cons of that. On-demand stuff is is quite powerful, as we, as we know. We all consume a lot of on-demand. But the one thing that I would challenge companies and, um, and marketing teams to do is don't just do a recording and send it out. Think about how you can package it up a little bit better. Um, even if you wanted to repurpose the content, so do it as a summary version. Um, do it as you know. Here's the the top ten takeaways that we that we learned from this. Um, maybe even I have not seen this done anywhere, but I'd love to see it. Would be like a uh, a sort of a a mashup version of the of the recording. So sound bites you know, edited out and then put together in like a, a five minute oh, fly through. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then putting some like some nice animation or something around it. Yeah. Like almost seeing it as a bit of a, you know, an Instagram version of your of your recording. 
um, where you're sort of, you know, highlighting bits or, um, yeah, adding animation. The highlights reel is, is really clever. I'm not sure if I've actually, I've actually seen that done, but that would be great if you've signed up to, let's say, a 45-minute webinar, but you only have five or ten minutes. Uh, it would be great to get that. It's kind of like, you know, right, right now it's the... Uh, it's the French tennis open right now <laughs> and I'm binge watching the highlight reels, you know, for yeah. a few minutes and it's kind of that, you know, I don't have time to watch the entire match, but give me the highlights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, that is definitely an area that I think could, could do with a lot of work is that, that recording mm. um, really aspect. Yeah. And yeah, then just repurposing the content as well, like turn it into different, different forms because not everybody has the time or the inclination to, to watch back. Yeah. Full, full recordings. They're right. likely going to be multitasking um, at the same and time. Th- yeah. And I think you'll get, if people, you'll probably get a lot more quote unquote clicks and engagement you know, your engagement score will probably go up if you have that highlight highlights reel. Yeah. People yeah. would probably, it's less daunting. People click on it because they see it's just five or 10 minutes and not 45 minutes. Exactly. Uh, so it's uh, interesting, really interesting. Well, Emma, this has been super interesting. And uh, I wanted to ask, where do you see, where do you see this going as a, as a kind of a content, uh, you know, a way to, to distribute content. So the online webinar, obviously with COVID and the pandemic we're in, it's, it's really the, one of the very few forms that, that sales and marketing can work together uh, to drive engagement. Uh, and in fact, we recently did a, a survey of uh, B2B marketers across North America where, you know, they, they, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, kind of focusing on tactics that actually have demonstrable uh, you know, benefits, if you will, from a, from a sales and marketing perspective. And, and certainly this is one of them. Uh, so where do you, where, where do you, where do you see this going? Uh, do you have a sense of, you know, have we reached the peak? <laughs> is this, uh, or is it just the tip of the iceberg? And this is actually going to explode now with maybe a lot of innovation happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've re- reached peak, peak webinar or anything like that. Cause even you know the odd one that I still attend, um, even after this challenge, the attendance numbers are good. You know, there's a lot of people still attending webinars, um, and even the bigger virtual conferences that we've now started to see come through. I think now that companies have realised we're not going to get back to um, face-to-face stuff anytime soon, so how do we turn a you know a five-day conference into a virtual um, version? Um, I think there's a lot of work we still need to do on them, though, um, making them a lot more innovative, a lot more creative, funneling that sort of creative thought into how do we do them differently. I've, I've seen some interesting tools and uh, things cropping up around things like virtual reality. Uh, there's an interesting company called Spatial who have, um, they do like 3D avatar uh, events, that sort of thing. Obviously, it's not 100% accessible at the moment for everybody. You know, right, not everyone right. has the headsets that they need or the, you know, the, the home setups that you need to, to attend these sorts of things. So if we can find somewhere in you know, the middle ground where it's, it, it's very interactive, it's capturing that natural aspect that you get at a face-to-face event. Well, one you mentioned was the whiteboarding, which I thought yes, was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, um, actually, in the in the challenge, I forgot about um, uh, there was one guy that I, I know personally, actually, and 
he his webinars are basically all whiteboarding sessions so he doesn't do slides he he just gets on a I think it's mainly YouTube or Facebook videos and he'll whiteboard um, obviously a lot of us have to come become a lot more comfortable with that sort of thing that's I can see how that's engaging though I, I yeah. really like that as a as a as a technique uh, I think it's a skill that you have to develop if you're the person yeah. delivering it <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah step away from the slides please it's, it's exactly <laughs> make it more human uh, yeah yeah wow well again this has been super super insightful and and I guess as a wrap-up do you have my last question is what are your you know are there Emma's top tips, you know, for anyone looking to create a webinar? Um, yeah, I think we've covered pretty much um, all of them, but I'd sum them up in, in sort of five, five top tips very, very easily, very clearly. Know your audience. That's uh, the biggest, biggest one, not just for webinars, for all sorts of marketing. And know what challenges you're trying to address. Connected to that is in the second one of know the, the funnel stage or the journey stage. Um, so you're, you're doing your, you know, your experience around it is correct and right for the customer. Um, spend time on your content. Don't just do slides. Uh, you know, be a little bit more innovative. Think about other things that you can do like goats or, you know, polls or interactive stuff. Um, yeah, just be a little bit more creative. Even if it goes wrong, you know, at, at least it's more natural, it's fun, um, and people will remember it um, a bit better. Uh, number four would be your before and after. Again, just using that opportunity to engage with people. Definitely using video content, that's such an easy win in before and after. Um, again, it doesn't have to be polished. It can be just off-the-cuff natural stuff. And then the fifth one, again, think about your recording and how you're, how you're distributing that. And through all of this, it, you know, it's all about making your content work as hard as it can. I've talked a couple of times about repurposing content. And if you're doing those things all along that, that process of, of building and uh, promoting a webinar, you've, uh, you've then got a lot more content that you can use. And it's not just a one-off thing and then, you know, it goes in the drawer and you forget about it. Wonderful. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for these uh, very fascinating and enlightening discussion today and some really down to earth uh, tips on, on what to do around webinars. I must admit, I, I've, you know, I've attended many webinars and, and online events over the years. I thought I was a pretty um, seasoned viewer and uh, knowledgeable on the topic, but uh, Thanks to you, Emma. I know a lot more today. So <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for joining us on Funnelocity. No problem. Thanks very much for having me. And I hope that 2021 brings us a lot more innovative webinars and virtual events. Here, here. And, uh, and many thanks to our listeners uh, to joining in on today's episode of Funnelocity and to learn more about Market One and discover further episodes or even the, the survey, uh, the B2B marketing survey that we ran recently. Please, market, please visit marketone.com forward slash unlawful.